This episode of How to Specify is brought to you by Interface, a worldwide commercial flooring company and global leader in sustainability. There's no doubt the coronavirus has impacted every aspect of our society, especially how we think about the built environment. Now more than ever, we must create a sense of physical and psychological safety in our designs, and modular flooring from Interface can play a key role in that. The visual cues provided by modular flooring can create boundaries, zones, and movement throughout a space, connecting us and keeping us safe. Design for resiliency. Design for well-being. Design with Interface. To learn more, visit interface.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. I'm your host, Robert Nyaminen, Chief Content Director for Interiors and Sources, and I want to thank you all for joining us. As many of our listeners know, uh, we've been in a year-long series called uh, How to Specify uh, to give designers updates on important specification considerations uh, for various product categories or for some of the younger professionals out there. This might be kind of a crash course to deepen your understanding of product specification as it relates to things like sustainability or wellness, materiality, or, or performance characteristics. But wherever you land on the spectrum, uh, we're glad you're here because uh, today we're going to be talking about some of the key considerations to keep in mind uh, when selecting fabrics for your various design projects. And because I'm not an expert in textile specification, I've invited our friend from Ultra Fabrics to help shed some light on the topic. So with me today is Maura Murray, a director of A&D sales for Ultra Fabrics. Uh, welcome, Maura. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Maura, where are you calling in from today? I'm actually calling in from North Carolina. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a been a nice uh, change from New York. Just yeah. got down here last week. Right. Right. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. I'm I'm in here in South Florida. It's finally I think uh, the the fall weather is getting getting down to us. So it's a beautiful oh, day outside. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Okay. That's great. Well, I know we have uh, a lot of ground to cover uh, today. So why don't we just jump right into our topic? Um, and given that this podcast is part of our How to Specify series, as I mentioned here in the intro, um, let's start with a couple of the basics around textile construction. Um, so what are some of the primary differences between like coated and woven fabrics, for example? So a coated fabric would be a vinyl, polyurethane, a silicone-based product. They're, they're actually manufactured with resins, um, and they're all wipeable, and most of them are bleach cleanable. Mm -hmm. A woven textile is going to be, um, it's obviously woven and the, they're going to be using yarn types. So different yarn types they would be using would be a polyester, a rayon. Um, it could be some wools as well um, and nylons. Right. And yeah, and you mentioned the different yarn types. Can you talk a little bit about how they differ? So the yarn types differ um, really for performance features. Um, you know, nylon is used in a lot of the products for seating. Um, and then the uh, polyester is used uh, used as well. Uh, and then the uh, solution dyed nylons, which are probably critical right now in, in our industry, um, are really performance based. They're they're actually the only products of the wovens that are bleach cleanable. Okay. And what would you say are some of the benefits and maybe even some of the limitations of like coated versus woven? Um, you know, how do you characterize the, the differences between them in that way? So limitations would be obviously uh, with woven textiles, you can get a lot of patterns and uh, different types of colors. You're going to have different 
content as well. So from a sustainability standpoint, if you want to use wools, um, obviously they're the most sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, with coated textiles, uh, vinyls you can print on. So they digitally print on vinyls. Um, the silicones you can print as well. So, and then uh, polyurethanes are a little bit more difficult to print on. Um, so really the limitations with the coated textiles is going to be the variety of patterns and colors that are available. Right, right. Okay. What about the commercial applications that, that are best suited to these? Like I imagine the, the coded is probably going to be for some of those more high traffic type environments. Is that right? Cor correct. Yeah. So the coded are used mainly in, uh, for high traffic, um, mainly in healthcare, higher education, where you, and like in a public area for uh, waiting rooms, airports, and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the wovens are going to use be used more in um, in like less traffic, so uh, in an office setting and such of that nature. Right. Okay. Um, so, as for you know, designers that are sort of starting the process, I mean, what what would you say are some of the considerations that they should be keeping in mind um, as they're looking to specify fabrics? So, there's an association called. Act Association of Contract Textiles, and they have guidelines of uh, specifying uh, commercial textiles. Right. So one of the things you're going to want to look for is obviously the double rubs for woven products. And for coated textiles, uh, similar, you're going to look for the you know double rubs. Minimum, I think, standard is 100,000 for our contract use, which would be, you know, healthcare, higher education, workplace. And with that, I think uh, start, that's a good starting point. And then look at the, for uh, coated textile, mainly like for polyurethanes, you're going to look at hydrolysis as well. Right, right. Performance. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just did a webinar with, with ACT just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that came up, um, I think they mentioned too, I think there's kind of a misconception in the market about how a lot of people might believe that double rubs um, mean that a product is going to last longer, like the lifespan is longer, but that's not really the case, is it? No, it's not at all. I mean, it, the, the double rubs, um, there's a little bit of a misunderstanding in the field. Um, you know, there should be a minimum for contract use, um, mm -hmm. but that doesn't, it basically, it, it technically says it's going to la last for a certain amount of time in the field. So usually like seven to 10 years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for clarifying that too. Uh, just to make sure in case people didn't see that webinar, uh, want to make sure to get that info out there, you know, cause that's important. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's a great web, just a great website to look for when you are specifying uh, for textiles. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a collaboration with the mills and the jobbers in the marketplace. Right. Right. And I know they all have, they have all kinds of testing guides and information and things like that on the, on their exactly. site. So, yep. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, so obviously, I mean, you know, the pandemic has put a major emphasis now on cleaning and disinfecting pretty much everything. So how does that present, uh, you know, challenges for uh, textile specifications? Um, you know, does that does that change the way that designers should be looking at that, or is it still kind of, um, you know, you follow the same guidelines? What's happened on that front? So I think from a um, cleaning standpoint, I know a lot of us designers working in workplace are now looking at product that uh, has been used in healthcare because of the cleaning guidelines and trying to get pe people back to the office. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things they're looking for is bleach cleanable product. Um, so that's a, a big thing and product that can be disinfected as well. Right. Um, so on, you know, on that note, the really what you're looking for is a high performance product. So on a woven side, um, you know, you could look for the solution dyed nylons. They are all bleach cleanable and 
on the on the um, coated side, most of those products are bleach cleanable. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking towards getting a wipeable, bleach cleanable, disinfectable product uh, that they can specify. Sure, sure. So I mean, can like how can designers be sure their fabrics are going to withstand all those repeated cleanings, like with harsh chemicals? I mean, is there I mean, should they look at like the, the act guidelines to make sure, or do they check with the manufacturer specifications? Like how do they, you yeah. know, what's the best way to do that? So I think, you know, the act guidelines are a good start starting point. Um, I also think working with the manufacturers, they do do, most of them do do outside testing. So you want to make sure that you're talking to your local rep uh, and getting the information and getting the test reports. You know, the biggest thing in the field is that with, you know, a bleach solution or any, even a, a peroxide based solution that is cleanable and um, basically to make sure that it's wiped with a, you know, clean water afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, just speaking of, of cleaning protocols, um, is there, a, is there a proper way to do that? Uh, and is it different for the like woven versus non-woven or, you know, should they just kind of follow the same type of uh, cleaning and disinfection procedures? Well, so they're, they're going to be different. I mean, the, obviously, uh, soap and water is the guidelines for wovens and for um, coated textiles. But the disinfectant um, and the bleach, you're going to want to look at the, the cleaning protocol for each because there are se- there are separate cleaning methods for wovens and for coated textiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know um, during the ACT webinar, uh, I know somebody, you know, they had talked about like with the UV lights and, and things like that, they're, they're disinfecting. But I think if I understood correctly, there hasn't been enough testing to see how that impacts the, the lifespan of the fabric. But that is another thing that we're seeing, I guess, in healthcare, especially as far as disinfection, because uh, that be kind of popular. Yeah. So, so the UV light, um, it's been something new that they're working towards. And obviously with the pandemic, uh, a lot of healthcare facilities are looking to use something like that. At this point, we don't know um, what the impact on the product will be mm-hmm. um, because it's so new to mar- to the market. There are, you know, obviously mills are testing and, you know, protocols. Uh, we've done some testing with, you know, healthcare facilities as well to see what the impact is, but it's the time frame right now. It hasn't been a long enough time frame to see what the impact is using that UV light. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see, uh, interesting to see where that goes, you know, and how, how long they can hold up to that. But, um, you know, another thing that I know that a lot of people have questions about are, you know, antimicrobials, like, are they a safeguard against preventing the spread of infections or, you know, is there kind of more to the story? Cause I feel like I've heard, you know, two different sides of that. So antimicrobials, there's a little bit of a misnomer, um, in the field and antimicrobials, the design community, really doesn't like antimicrobials because they think they're going to leach onto people's skin. Over the past probably five years, there's been a tendency to get away from antimicrobials, mm-hmm. um, but there's still product obviously with antimicrobials in there. But an antimicrobial does not kill anything. It basically inhibits the growth of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, it will not kill a virus. It just inhibits the growth of it. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I think that's something that from a design standpoint, you know, just to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Um, so, you know, looking at different market segments, what do you see happening across different, different markets as it relates to textiles? Like I know healthcare is always a big concern. Um, what are the requirements for fabrics in medical environments, for example? So specifying for medical, I mean, we're seeing a trend uh, towards mostly coated textiles, mainly because the cleanability and, you know, the wipeability of the products in the marketplace 
Um, I do think, you know, what they're looking for, um, that's probably the harshest of environments that a textile is going to be specified in. Mm -hmm. So the cleaners that we're, they're using, you know, we have to work with the healthcare facilities and the, you know, companies like an eco lab to see, make sure the products that they're actually using will withstand, you know, the coated textiles can withstand the harsh cleaners. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're seeing now in workplace is that there's, you know, working with the design communities, they're looking for what is that protocol, the cleaning protocol, and what types of products are being specified for healthcare because of the, you know, the, there's going to be a change in cleaning protocol in the workplace as well and higher education. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Cause I mean, it was interesting, you know, for a number of years, you know, we saw, you know, the influence of, uh, or the blurring of the markets, you know, with, with influences like hospitality going into healthcare, mm -hmm. as far as just, I guess, more aesthetics and things like that. But it's curious to see how the healthcare market and in, in terms of how people specify products for that are going to spill over into workplace and hospitality, like you mentioned. So exactly. And I know like Marriott just came out with a new cleaning protocol that is even some of the products are harsher than their approved cleaners for healthcare. So wow. I think it is spilling over quickly because, you know, they want to get people back in the hotels and sure. back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what other trends are you seeing in markets like hospitality or higher ed? I mean, are they same, you know, kind of across the board? Are there, you know, different nuances? I know you just mentioned more stringent cleanability for, for hospitality. Are there other types of things that you're seeing? Um, I think people are looking for, uh, I think acoustics has come up a lot, you know, mm -hmm. what, are, you know, what are they going to do for acoustical properties? You know, they've been using, you know, wo woven textiles for that. So any kind of trends towards looking for wipeable surfaces for acoustics and vertical, mainly like in higher education and then in hospitality for sound absorption and things like that. And I, I think the trend is really, they're doing their homework to see what's going to work from a spec specification standpoint and, cost as well, because sometimes a woven textile, um, you know, will be less expensive depending for the market that they're specifying for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you sharing those insights with our listeners, Maura. Um, I know they'll, they'll appreciate it for sure. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Well, for our listeners out there, if you'd like to find out more about Ultrafabrics, uh, you can visit their website at ultrafabricsinc.com. And that wraps things up for today's episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, be well, everyone.